June 13, 2021, our worship service number 242 from Odessa, Texas. I say hello to you. Thank you. Download the bulletin. You can go to the website, bchurch.us forward slash bulletin, or you can just simply on the screen, you will see the QR code. Use your phone, open the camera, voila. You just click there in that link and you will be able to see the bulletin of this message. We want to thank you, everybody, for your support. You are so kind. And I thank you especially to our beautiful church members that they, you guys, you keep believing in the Lord and you keep believing in Victory Church. And you have also hope that myself as a pastor, Tracy, and the rest of the team, Sebastian, and everybody else working here in the church, we will do what we need to do in order to reach out the community, and we do. So thank you so much for your support. We appreciate that very much. The best cousin is the topic of this Sunday, and perhaps you were with us last Sunday. We were talking about the good brothers. <laughs> so now we still are in the family area, but not necessarily brothers and sisters. Now it's, it's about a cousin. And, uh, and I know that you have an idea. If you are a believer, if you know things about the Bible, about the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that we will be talking about John the Baptist, right? I know that. But uh, what if you read with me this portion of the scripture in Luke chapter 1, in verse 36, the first section. And I have for you an interesting version that I found online is the WE, is called the Worldwide English version. And, and I was reading several passages, and, and actually it's pretty cool. So we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. An angel spoke to Mary. Your cousin Elizabeth is also going to have a baby son. Aha. Uh -huh. Here's where the, the story connects about cousins. Do you know what is interesting about this? causing thing <laughs> is that in some versions of the scripture, you find the word related to when it's about Mary and Elizabeth, related. But some other versions like the WE, they translate as uh, cousins. And that is why the topic of this morning is the best causing, because some things are going to happen here in this story that today I'm going to share with you. This is one of those. Mary and Elizabeth, you guys got pregnant. Oh my goodness. Ta da! That's news. And why that's news? We will talk about it in a moment. But now, here's the deal, my friend. Today I'm going to share with you seven secrets about the life of John the Baptist. And the first secret is that the same experience affects us in a different way. You know, the same experience. Now, Mary is young. As you know, Elizabeth, on the other hand, is old. It's the same experience of pregnancy, but for each one of them, it's a very different way to handle the situation. What about you? What about you and the family and friends you have? Different people going through similar circumstances, but that experience affects them very differently 
than the way that affects you. You know that? You notice. You know that very well. For some reason, things are different from one person than the other, even pregnancy, but especially when it's about these two ladies, these two cousins. Now, in Luke chapter 1, verse 6, I want to read it with you. There is a section that talks about the parents of this John the Baptist. Zechariah is the name of the father, and Elizabeth were both good people as God saw them. They obeyed all the laws and the things that the Lord said they should do. Zechariah was a priest. And actually what happened to him is really shocking. You know, being old, serving God, him and his wife, they were wondering most part of their life, why is it that we cannot have a baby? Now, you know that there are many, many couples in the world that they never could have babies for different reasons. Today, still, there are couples that go through that. And of course, in the future, we'll, we'll see that. Some people say immediately, well, just adopt a kid. But that is something easy to say when you are not the one longing to have your own child. But when you are the one who wants to have a child, whether you are a guy or a girl, you just can't have your own baby. You know, it's not that simple just to, ah, sure, let's adopt a baby. You know, there are many things to consider about adoption. But certainly, I encourage today to people that have been thinking about it, if for any reason you are not able to have your own child and the opportunity shows up to adopt a child, Go ahead, my friend. There are many wonderful stories of people that they adopted a kid and they are happy families. Of course, that is something that everyone needs to consider and pray about it. Now, Zachariah and Elizabeth, as I was saying, they were old, wondering if they will have a baby. And one day, while Zachariah was doing his tradition, all the ceremonies that priests should do in the temple, in the synagogue. Guess what happened? An angel showed up and spoke to him and told him that he would be able to have a child. Well, not him, his wife. And that shocked him. In fact, the news were so powerful to Zechariah that uh, he was debating if he could believe that or not, and how that could happen, you know? The thing is, Zachariah was not able to speak after that day until he was able later when he saw the baby. Of course, people knew that something happened there in that place where he was serving God, worshiping God, because after he went to do his job, worshiping the Lord, when we get out of there, he was not able to speak. Supernatural experiences can happen to anybody, but especially to those who are very close to the good Lord. Supernatural experiences like getting pregnant when the circumstances are saying to everybody, no, you are not going to have a child. 
Abraham and Sarah went through something similar, and they were also old people. So this is something to consider. If you're watching and you also are thinking, is it possible that I can have a baby? Well, of course. In the name of the Lord, things can happen and miracles can happen. You need to evaluate your possibilities with adoption always. But there is always hope in the name of the Lord. Especially for those that are so close to him. And that applies to all kinds of things. But one thing that I want you to know is that the same experience affects us differently to all of us. The same experience. Secret number two that I want to share with you is that the influence of parents, grandparents, teachers, pastors, etc. will affect your destiny. Absolutely. I am the result of all, the, all what I just mentioned. My parents, my grandparents, teachers, pastors, people that that were older than me, affected me and affected my life. So I am the result in good part of all that influence. I want you to read with me two sections of the scripture in Luke chapter 1, verses 67 and 68 first. Then Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke, spoke words from God. He said, praise the Lord God of Israel. He has remembered his people and set them free. This is when, when John the Baptist was born. But listen in verse 76. Zechariah said to the baby, You, my child, will be called the prophet or messenger of the highest one. You will go ahead of the Lord to make his way ready. I remember being sent to church when I was a child. I remember in my parents' home, the prayers, the Bible studies in groups in the house, the fellowship, the, the meals my mother served, sharing with people that came to, to pray, to read the Bible, to reflect on the scripture. But guess what? My grandma, my dad's mom, she was also a believer. She also was influenced by her own ancestors. When you think about how many people are today, for instance, in ministry or serving God in different ways, you will be surprised that many of them are the result of somebody that has been praying or was praying probably even two or three generations ago. Isn't it that amazing? Imagine this, that today in 2021, we are praying for our descendants, our children, for those who have children. We pray for our grandchildren, for those who have grandchildren. But also we are praying for their children and their children. We are praying for the following generations, not knowing what is going to happen, of course. And maybe, in my case, I won't be here to see what will happen in, in the following three, four generations. I'll be in heaven, maybe. I'm hoping. What I'm saying to you is, you never know what the influence of someone can make in the life of other people. Who are those 
who have made an impact in your life, my friend. In the case of John the Baptist, he was highly influenced by his own parents, definitely. Secret number three. You are who you are. You are thinking, yes, I am who I am. <laughs> no, it's not what I mean. I want you to read with me so you will understand what I'm saying here. In Luke chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, first section of, section of verse 8, many people came out to John the Baptist. He said to them, you family of snakes, who told you to run away from God's anger that's coming? Do good things. That will show you have to stop your wrong ways. John the Baptist was, was a person with uh, his own personality, his own style. So you are exactly the same. And nothing can change it. The way that you laugh, the way that you walk, the way that you speak, your feelings, your perceptions about life, your concepts, your ideas, the way that you connect with people, the way that you feel about certain things is who you are. And there are no, there are not two individuals like you. You are unique. You are who you are. Now, John the Baptist was the kind of preacher that was kind of a confrontational, if you like. Imagine that he called them family of snakes to some of those people that came to him to be baptized. But you have your own personality, like John the Baptist. John the Baptist learned to deal with himself. He had an influence, right, from his parents. His father was a priest. Now John the Baptist is a prophet. But he is not going to do what the father was doing. Because everyone has his own calling. Everyone has his own personality. So you are who you are, and you are going to do whatever you have to do with your own style, your own way. It is not easy for everybody. It's not easy to find that particular style. In whatever is what you do. But eventually you have to come to that place where you are comfortable with, your say, with yourself. You need to like yourself at some point. Accept yourself. Because you are who you are. And there is nothing that you can do about it. Accept yourself because the Lord made you that way. The next secret that I want to share with you do your calling in life. There are some things that nobody else will do in this world but you. Same thing applies to me. There are some things that I do in my ministry. There are some things that I have been called to do. And I need to do that. Now you have your own calling as well. The Lord made you in such a way that made you unique. And the Lord is expecting you to do what he told you you should do. So let's read together in Luke chapter 3, verse 3. John went to 
all the country around the Jordan River. He told the people to stop doing wrong things, turn back to God and be baptized. And God will forgive them for the wrong things they did. Once John knew that his calling was to baptize people in the Jordan River, he didn't stop. He did what he needed to do. And that is one of the most difficult things for many people today. People like to change things constantly. They don't understand that once the Lord made you in such a way, the Lord is expecting you to just stick with the plan. There are some things that nobody else can do but you. There are some things that the Lord made you exactly to do it. And the Lord is expecting you to do it because he gave you a calling in your life. Whatever is that thing, and you know it in your heart, you know what are the things that you should do? Do it. Do what the Lord is putting in your heart. But if you just take that calling and you put it in one shelf somewhere waiting You know, you are not pleasing the Lord by doing that. Do you realize that, my friend? You are not pleasing the Lord by putting that calling in your life on a shelf. Just waiting. A piece of paper and a book saved there. The Lord is not pleased with people that when they know what is what they need to do for the Lord and they don't do it. Do it, my friend. What is that calling the Lord gave you? What are those things that you know you should do? Go ahead. Now, secret number five. God must be exalted, not you. The Lord God. In John chapter 3, verse 30, John the Baptist gave this powerful statement. Read with me. Jesus must become more and more great, but I must become less and less great. This is one of the most powerful statements that John the Baptist said. Among ministry, we students of the Bible, especially in seminary, in the Bible Institute, in the School of Ministry, while we are being in training to do ministry, this is one of the most popular verses that we hear from our teachers and leaders and trainers. Basically, the idea is you need to keep in mind that you need to exalt the Lord God. You need to exalt the name of Jesus. You need to look for adoration and worship to the name of Jesus not to yourself. And it's very hard for everybody. Whether you are in ministry or in business or education, sports, it doesn't matter. Even a housewife, even somebody that doesn't have a career or a business, it is hard to understand the importance of exalting God rather than exalting yourself. Because it's it's a natural instinct that we all have. 
We want recognition. We want acceptance. We want to feel loved and appreciated by others. But it's very tricky. It's very tricky because suddenly, even when we say that we want to exalt the Lord, perhaps deep down in our hearts, we are not seeking exactly that. It's so tricky for everybody. And we hear the expressions all the time, to God be the glory. I'm doing this for the glory of God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We say things like that. But what really matters is the motive of our heart. What is exactly what we are looking for? Are we really longing to exalt the name of our Lord in what we do? Are we really interested in exalting the name of Jesus? Because John the Baptist put it very clear. He says, you know, what, what we need is that he needs to become more and more great. And I must become less and less great. So he, he increases and I decrease. But unfortunately, it's not what we do. So I'm going to get personal now and ask you the question. Do you feel that with your life, with your life, I'm not saying business, I'm not talking about what you do, I'm talking about your life. In your heart, do you feel that what you want really is exalt the name of Jesus? Or do you feel that somehow you are trying to compete with the name of Jesus and put your name on high? What is it? Is it possible that maybe in what you are doing, you are just trying to put yourself out there and try to find recognition, acceptance, inspiration? Is it possible that that is what you are doing, my friend? Or is it possible that you just arrive to a place in your life when you say, you know, I don't need anything else right now. I just, I'm content just knowing that, that I serve the Lord, just knowing that I worship the Lord with my business, with my career, with, with whatever I do. I just want to exalt the name of Jesus. I am not interested in lifting up my own name, my own prestige. What I want is that wherever I go will be an aroma of Jesus. That with my own life, I could testify and glorify Jesus rather than me. That is something so beautiful that anyone can experience and we need to reflect about this constantly because we need to come to this place where, where we say, you know what, that is not what I have been doing lately. I have been searching for recognition here in the company, here with my customers, here in this circle. I didn't realize that I was just trying to get my name out there to receive some praises. 
I needed to hear this. I hope you will reflect about this, my friend, because it's extremely important for your future. The sixth secret is about directing people towards Jesus. It happened to John the Baptist. He knew it. He knew that Jesus was the Savior, the Christ. But at some point, his own disciples came. His own disciples came and asked questions to him about Jesus. Listen, in Luke 7, verses 18 to 20, John heard from his disciples all about all the great things done by Jesus. He called two of them and sent them to Jesus. He asked, are you the one who is to come? Or shall we wait for another person? <laughs> now, you know what? John knew it. He knew that he was the one. He knew it from the moment of the baptism of the Lord Jesus. But what he was looking for here in this particular scenario was to take these disciples of him to a place where they will ask the question, receive the answer, so they will be able to see the greatness of Jesus. Because what we need to do is direct people towards Jesus. We need to lead people to worship Jesus. Leaders, preachers, ministers, people that have an influence in the life of others, all of us that are online, on camera, through podcast. And all the stuff that we do today, all of us, we need to keep in mind that the objective should be to bring people towards Jesus, to direct people to Him, to the Lord Jesus, because He is the one who must be exalted, not us. He is the one who needs to be worshipped, not us. And finally, secret number seven, which is a question to you. Are you willing to give your life for the Lord? Are you, my friend? Do you know what happened to, to John the Baptist? Let's read together. Luke chapter 9, verse 9, first section. This was the governor of the area where they lived. And he said, I cut off John's head. He did. It was cruel. John the Baptist died, but he was willing to die because he knew what was the, the cause. I'm not asking you to die. I don't, I'm not suggesting to you that you need to be killed in order to consider a holy or saint person. But the question really is that, if you are willing to give your life for the Lord. You know, John the Baptist lived for the glory of the Lord Jesus. Do you? John the Baptist did what he needed to do. He knew who he was. He had a big influence from his parents and others. He did his calling. He directed his disciples towards Jesus. Because all that what he wanted was to glorify the Lord. Bring glory to the Lord Jesus. So the question goes back to you. Do you? So here is where we 
need to be personal and honest. Do we bring glory to the Lord Jesus with our own lives? My friend, what you want is to bring glory to the Lord Jesus with your life. Is your goal in life to glorify the Lord Jesus? It is your objective in life to bring glory to the name of our Savior, the one who gave his life for us? Do you live for the glory of the Lord Jesus? It's very important to reflect about this. You know that John the Baptist was the best cousin that the Lord Jesus could have. He opened the path for him. He did his calling, directed people towards him. He was willing to give his life for the ministry, for the cause of the kingdom of God. And his goal in life was to glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The one true God. And that is the challenge that we all have. And I want you to think about it, please. I want you to reflect about what I am saying. Do you live for the glory of the Lord Jesus? Is that the objective of your life, my friend? Next Sunday, on June 20th, our worship service 243, I'm going to talk to you about the best dad. Yes, I spoke to you about the good brothers. Today we are reflecting about the best cousin, but next Sunday we will talk about the best dad. And I hope to see you here in Victory Church, worship service 243, June 20th. Now I want to conclude this message reading in Luke chapter 1, verses 36 and 37. Something that is very, very special. Let's go back to the reading, okay? It says, your cousin Elizabeth, here is the angel speaking to Mary, is also going to have a baby son, though she is an old woman. This is the sixth month for her. She is one whom people said would not have a baby. But God can do anything. There is nothing impossible for the Lord. So, what are the challenges that you have today, my friend? What are your concerns? Have you been praying for those needs? Are you expecting a miracle? Do you want something from God? Do you think that God is able to give you what you need? Do you believe that it's possible that the Lord God Almighty will do something impossible in your life? Do you have the faith to believe that whatever the miracle you are expecting will come true? Are you willing to go all your life hoping for that miracle? Are you willing to even die 
even if you never see that miracle, but you will still believe always that the promises of God are going to come through to you? Do you have that hope? Do you have that faith? Do you have that passion for God? Do you have that love for the Lord? That you are absolutely convinced that no matter what, the Lord loves you and He is with you. And that, that He is able to do anything. Mary and Elizabeth experienced the power of God and with them hundreds of others throughout the whole stories of the Bible. Throughout the history of church there are thousands and perhaps millions of stories of miracles of God in the life of believers. I don't know how you feel about your own life but I can tell you that I feel that My life itself, it's a miracle. The person who I am, where I am, I know it has to be God. It has to be Him. I couldn't do it. I couldn't be this person that I am just because I wanted it to. It has to be the Lord. Because He can do anything. And I keep hoping. And I keep dreaming. And I keep believing That he can do anything. Because it's what I read in the scripture. That the Lord God is the God of the impossibles. He can do anything in your life. And you, do you know where all this begins? The beginning of all this is when you open your heart to the Lord God Almighty. And you receive the forgiveness in your heart for all your sins. That's the beginning of this Race. This is the beginning of this new way in your life. The beginning of everything in Christianity is by receiving the forgiveness of our sins. So are you ready for a new life, my friend? Listen. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, declares that there is only one requirement to be saved. If you openly say, Jesus is my Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from death, you will be saved. That's the only requirement. To believe that. To receive the faith you need. Open your heart. Receive the forgiveness of, yours, of your sins. Receive the love of God in your heart. What if you say a prayer with me today? The prayer is here on the screen. All that you need to do is to read it out loud with me. Dear God... Thank you for showing me again another person in the Bible who lived for you. I need to learn to live for you. I want to be like that. Please forgive me. Lord, you are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. My friend, it is on this beautiful cross 
where everything begins. The sacrificial death of our Lord Jesus Christ. What if you say with me, I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. My friend, you are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Receive this blessing today. And I hope to see you next time here from my church members, my team, and my wife. I say to you, see you next time. for watching Victory Church, please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.